How you doing today? Good, and I, you know, more importantly, truly, how are you doing after Game Seven, man? Are are you doing okay? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I don't even want to. I don't even know if I want to go there with you right now. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a hard-fought game, and obviously, the Blues is Bennington. He played an outstanding Game Seven, and I don't know. I, I'm not upset with the way that the Bruins performed. I think that we really played well, especially the first period. I mean, there were so many great plays and looks that we had. A plus, like just pass and shoot shots on net. But Bennington was just there, man. Yeah, uh, he just was a wall. I'm happy for the Blues. I'm happy for Layla. I'm ecstatic for uh, you know, especially you know, one. Of the, I think one of the players on the Blues, his father just passed away, and I know that you know St. Louis is never the city has never had a family in their city and you know Layla's story and everything so you know I try to look at the best from it and and the positives but yeah I'm I was pretty upset after the game I was at my buddy's house and pretty much right after the game I, I just gave him a hug and I was like I gotta go home and cry <laughs> <laughs> so I was so devastated and I still love him and I, you know there's always as everybody says there's always next year right so I guess we could say that for now yeah, I mean, you got to take it with the positives. Look at me. I'm a Ducks fan. We've, we've won it once in our, our lives and, and didn't get to the playoffs this year, and it, it's been a long, terrible season. But Yeah. Yeah, you guys had um, a rough last season, wasn't it? I mean, and not to bring this up but in a negative way, but just to you know, talk about for a second, wasn't there like a 20-game or or 24 or 26 game losing streak or something last season <laughs> sounds about right yeah whatever could go wrong did go wrong and you know Kessler it wasn't the same guy and I, I almost think he should retire and probably Perry too and you know time yeah. for a youth movement in in Anaheim we had our little window there and and went to game seven with Chicago and they went on and, and won the cup but uh yeah I think I think we yep. missed our window and it, it's time time for uh rebuilding yep yeah I hear that let yeah. the kids play cool I, man I was curious, though, how, how was a, a guy out of uh, PA a, a Bruins fan? I figured you'd be a Flyers fan or something. Right, yeah. So I'm actually not based from Pennsylvania. It still doesn't make any more sense, though. I'm actually, <laughs> I was born in Jersey. I moved down and lived most of my life, my childhood and teenage years, in um, South Carolina. My close, very, very close friend, Isaac Stone, he's from, you know, the New England area, or he's from Maine, and he's diehard Bruins fan so I didn't really grow up watching hockey and he kind of taught me the game and the rules and and so I just kind of naturally became a Bruins fan because you know we would always go and watch games together and so that's that's kind of how that was birthed and um (laughs) and really cool you know uh yeah because I'm I'm a bit of a mixed breed I mean you know I like the Eagles I would never root for the Patriots I'm not a Tom Brady fan I don't like the Pats I do love the Bruins, and and, um, and I love the city of Boston. I think it's a beautiful city. You know, in football, I was raised 49ers and, uh, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers. When I joined the band, they were like, hey, man, you, you can't root for the Steelers. I mean, it's, it's you know, we're Eagle territory. So so they got me on that one. But um, I love hockey, man. I, I just I love the sport. I play it at home. You know, when I'm off tour, I just really thoroughly enjoy it. So, to be honest, the only teams I, I won't root for are the Canadians and, and Washington. But I'll, I'll, Oh, and uh, the Penguins. But outside of those teams, I mean, I'll go to a Flyers game and root for the Flyers, you know, because, uh, you know, I mean, my buddy just came in and was like, hey, let me show you the best sport in the world. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty amazing. He's like, yeah, go Bruins. I was like, okay, let's go. Baseball fan Sorry? at all? No, no, not really. JB's the, my guitarist JB, he's the, he's the baseball guy, man. He's the diehard Philly guy. And this was several years ago. I don't even remember what year it was, but we were in Europe 
touring and the Phillies were in the championship. And, and I just remember him, you know, listening to the radio on his phone at like four in the morning. <laughs> Trying to, to get see updates. The, Philly, the Phillies won, you know? That's awesome, um, man. He's a diehard. That was probably right around the time you guys had put out Constellations, right? Probably a good 10 years ago and, and now doing this tour. And this is actually your yeah. second your second time doing an anniversary tour. And it's curious kind of where that inspiration comes from. Or, or was there another band or an album that you wanted to hear in its entirety? Or where does that kind of uh, that thought come from? That's a good question. I don't, I don't know really... You know, Messengers was just a really big album for the band. I mean, it really kind of put us on the map. And I think, you know, we've been hearing from a lot of our fans, like, dude, you got to play Messengers. Like, the 10-year anniversary, you know, is coming up, and you guys got to, you know, do a tour, and you need to tour Messengers. And so we were just like, okay, we better do this, because if we don't, our fans are going to beat us up. And so we you know, ripped a full U.S. tour off of Messenger's 10-year anniversary. And this year, we thought, man, it'd be really cool if we just, you know, tried to take it, quote-unquote, worldwide, you know. So we're going all over the United States and Canada. We're going to Europe, all over Europe. And then we're going to go to all of Australia, and we're going to end it in Hawaii. It's a really unique album. I I really love it. You know, we've been rehearsing individually the past month, but uh, with the band the past week. And the really cool kind of crazy thing is that the fact that some of these songs have never been performed live. Right. And therefore, if they've never been performed live, we've never rehearsed them together. <laughs> so these songs are being played for the first time with the band now, like a week ago. You know, <laughs> so it's kind of weird. Are there any that, that you're regretting or, or, you know, maybe because they were more difficult than you remembered or, or, <laughs> or maybe a little, maybe the opposite and a little more cringeworthy? Like, ah, oh, did I really do that back then? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's definitely both sides of the coin on that one. There's definitely some parts where, like, whoa, what, like, can I get a breath? Like, were you thinking <laughs> about breathing at all? Or were you just super angry when you wrote these? Like, what's going on? Because they're so fast-paced in the song. Right. There's really just, like, you know, vocals just are just, I'm um, being thrown around in these measures where it's just like, bam, 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 bam. It's like machine gun lyrical, you know, patterns and stuff. And then another song, I'm going, man, that lyric doesn't even make sense to me. Like, I'm like, I don't even, that lyric is not a good, strong lyric. I don't know why we chose that for a song. So, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's growth. It's just looking back when you were younger, 10 years ago, and being like, man, oh, that's cute. You know, like, that's where you were, and you had no idea what you were doing in this area, obviously. But and then there's other parts where it's like, man, that was the younger us, so we got to keep up with that. So, because, you know, I think um, as far as BPMs, you know, for Matt, I mean, he's doing double bass with like 220 in one of the songs, and that's just, uh, <laughs> that's just ridiculous. ridiculous you know? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it. It's really a win-win-win all the way around. The fans love it. It's a good chance for you to look back and get some inspiration before you go in and write a new album. And and like you said, to look at your growth. I think the music industry is always so much about what's next, what's next, what's next, onto the next show, onto the next album, that we get caught up in that. And I think the older we get, I get at least, I try to do kind of look back a little bit more often. You, you got to stop and, and smell the roses once in a while. It's like, you know, if you're just always looking for the future and what's tomorrow you're not going to enjoy today. And then when you're sitting there on your deathbed, you're going to go, 
man, did I even soak up any of this? Did yeah. I even enjoy being on top of the mountain when I was? Like, I agree with you, man. It's going to, it definitely brings back some memories. And I think the band is just in awe that we get to do this. You know, that, that there's a yet another 10 year anniversary tour that we get to share with our fans that really have been impacted by the music. And we've been impacted by our fans, you know, and that's why we're still here. So it's, it's a cool story, man. I was trying to think back to like 10 years ago, like what was so different about 10 years ago? iPhones, I think there were iPhones back then, were there? Was was 10 years ago the MySpace days? <laughs> I was trying to do the math on that, trying to remember, like what was it? Do you remember back to making that album and what the thing was or the, the album launch that where you look back now and go, oh my God, like that's not even a thing anymore? Yeah, I think, you know, I think as a whole, the band was still in a place of immaturity where, or just not at the level of like, you know, being like a, a veteran. So we were young and we were still being heavily influenced by the genre and the direction that the genre was going when we wrote this record. You know, we didn't really step out into ourselves until the record after that and really Rescue and Restore. But I think that that was a, a very pivotal point in our growth where it was like Messengers was really, you know, oh man, we love breakdowns and we love, you know, <laughs> the hardcore metal that's being written right now and, and this era. And so we kind of clung on to it. And then, you know, with Constellations, we started to creep a little bit outside of that, you know, flash a little bit of what we were able to actually write ourselves and not necessarily try to be heavily influenced. And I think that it's a great record. I think at that point, we were just really young and we were really hungry. You know, if you listen back to the record, I mean, it's fast, it's aggressive. Yeah. There's a lot of energy in that album. If you put your ear to the wall, you can you can see and hear and feel through the formula and the writing that it was very much so that present time that music was being established then, you know, for the metal core, quote unquote, metal core um, era. Right, right. Well, of course, I mean, that it was that's what music is. It's a it's a time stamp, essentially. Right. You know, it, yeah. It's a place in yeah, time. Yeah, cool. I love it, man. And, you know, speaking of looking forward for a second, where are we with new music? Are we going to get a new album? I mean, I kind of feel like a little overdue now. We're getting into uh, 2020 territory, going on three years. Where where are we at new music-wise? What can you tell me? Yeah, we're definitely... I can't give you any like dates or anything right now at the moment, but we, we've been working pretty hard on, on writing. Definitely excited about, you know, the direction and the growth that August Burns Red's going. Obviously, going to still keep it you know, really aggressive and heavy. But I think that there's just a lot of cool different dynamics that JB is the main songwriter. Dustin has written quite a few songs. The direction that the band's going as far as the songwriters is really kind of cool. And I think it's going to be just a little bit more ability to digest the music. Not saying that it's going to get any more simplified per se, but it's just going to be easier for the listener to really grasp what's going on. And so I think that that's kind of neat because a lot of times in previous albums, we've decided to go off to a place where, you know, it's very progressive or really like outside of the box. Like, holy crap, where'd that salsa part come from? And why is it here? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Right. You know, and, and, and you know what I mean? Like it's so so we've done with that. We've played with that a little bit. And, and it's really cool because if you listen to all the albums, I mean, I'm sure every artist says this, you know, they're not the same. But like what we look like in high school, right. you know, like that right. that record was who we were and what we did and how we learned and where we were as musicians. And this record, you know, you can see the growth and you can see the, the changes. And I think that it's just a, um, really important for us to continue to do that. You know, we don't want to write the same record and we don't want to stop. We don't want to stop being artists. This record's definitely going to prove and show that for sure. 
Well, it's all it's all really what you're talking about. I think is the evolution of songwriting. You know, yeah, you, you've you've written all the songs. In life. Yeah, that it, which culminates together. Practice makes perfect, and and life gives you fuel to the fire for sure. And and like you said, you've done everything technical. You've done all the left turns and shocked everyone. And now it just kind of comes down to writing a good song ultimately. Yep. Exactly. And the life experiences, you know, the lyrical content, you know, I think is um, is great because it's like our fans have really stuck with us this entire time. So they're our age, you know, like and it's just kind of neat because they totally still get what we're writing about, you yeah. know, because they're they're at that place, too, in their lives. And I just think it's a, just such a cool relationship and community. We've all grown up together, you know. Yeah. From the mosh pits to the living rooms to the delivery rooms to the weddings to the divorces <laughs> to everything, man. That's that's what music is. Like it goes back to that timestamp. And speaking of yeah. that, let's have a little bit of fun. Jake, I always like to play this game. We're all music fans, right? You love yeah. music, I love yeah. music, whatever we do, we're in it because we love music. And let, let's let's get into some music fandom a, a little bit and play this little game I like to to play with everyone I talk to and put bands in categories and kind of make it pick out of a, a grouping of bands so i want to know your favorite essentially out of what i like to call the flannel five so this is kind of to uh encapsulate 90s rock right so you you see where i'm going with this this is going to be nirvana pearl jam stone Mm -hmm. temple pilot Mm -hmm. Soundgarden, alice and chains like out of those five who would be your favorite who would be your numero uno yeah i guess i'd have to go with nirvana i think because when i was you know a young kid in the 90s my sister would blare what was the record with with the little boy in the water never mind oh what's the name never mind never mind yep Yep. i used to blur that album all the time and uh there was a song i can't remember the title of it now but sounded a lot like our dad (laughs) like she'd always be like yeah that's our dad man like he's just like that like he likes all his guns and oh gosh what was that song what was like a lemon bloom right um Long story short, I would listen to that album all the time because she would be blaring it in her room. And then one day we decided I had Green Day Dookie and I had maybe like a Beastie Boys album and Wu-Tang Clan forever. And we would bet our CDs, like play poker and bet our albums. And I got that album from her and I'm pretty sure she didn't talk to me for like a week. <laughs> and uh, and then I got to blare it in my room. So... <laughs> Only because of the uh, strong attachment to my sister, I, I would have to say Nirvana. Even though all those all those bands are great bands, I'd say Nirvana and Soundgarden and then Stone Temple Pilots. Awesome, man! That, that's a great story, and that's why I like to play the game because the music takes us back to when and and hearing a killer story about that, like older sibling, like my brother, older brother who was into Maiden and Judas Priest got me into metal. Like that's how that's how it works, you know? Yeah, and that's yeah, all trickle down. I got a cool little story about Judas Priest. So they interviewed Alfred and, and Rolling Stone. This was years ago. In the interview with Rolling Stone, they said, well, how do you feel about the metal music genre and the direction that it's going? You know, like, are you comfortable with where it is and where it's evolving? Uh-huh. And his response was, well, as long as we have August Burns Red here, I'm not too concerned. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, when I heard that, I was like, holy smokes. Like, way to tip your hat, bro. Like, that, that was a huge deal. So that's um that's really cool. Do you have that like cut out and like in a frame somewhere on a wall you know, someplace? I don't. I, I I need to look it up because I think it was somebody at our office, like home office or a label or something, had mentioned it to us. But I didn't see. I didn't actually like see the. Um, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I didn't actually see the interview. So 
Yeah, dude, you got to find that and frame that. That's the metal god himself. I mean, don't get no bigger than that. That's killer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One other thing I did want to make sure we talk about before we run out of time, something that I wanted to learn some more about heart support and that community. And I want to make sure you give you some time to plug that. So please tell everyone about that. Yeah, for sure. So Heart Support is a nonprofit online community for people to talk openly or anonymously about their struggles. And that can be that can be addiction, that could be sexual assault, that could be domestic violence, self-harm, depression, suicidal tendencies or thoughts. And the reason why I started it was because, you know, after the shows with August Wind Red, I'd go to the merch table and I'd talk to my fans. And they would end up sharing the most intimate, private, personal stories about their struggles and how our songs were helping them overcome whatever they were dealing with in their life. And I, I just started to hear this city and after city after city, show after show. And I was like, man, I really want to do something about it. Like, I feel really compelled to help my fans in a way where, you know, I, it's not just me saying, hey, sorry, that's a bummer giving them a hug, trying to encourage them, and then the next day having to leave them, right? Like, because then they go back to the same environment and same situation. Right. So I started Heart Support, and we have over 100,000 members, part of the community. We do interviews with bands about mental health or things that they've struggled with, their messages of hope. And we have resources. We have a book on uh, that we wrote about depression. We have a book on self-harm. We've got a book on hope and faith. We're going to write one this year on anxiety. We really are there to just encourage, accept people where they're at. The, the big slogan for us is, you know, it doesn't matter the color of your skin. doesn't matter who you're in love with. It doesn't matter what you believe. doesn't matter what you've done or what's been done to you. We're just going to accept you, love you, and encourage you where you're at. And just try to help and give back. And because uh, I think that, you know, a big important thing for people who are struggling is to know that they're not alone, is to know that it's okay. But, you know, we're going to encourage them to take steps for, you know, their unique path of healing, whatever that looks like. If it's reading a book, if it's just venting to someone, if it's, you know, going to a professional counselor, therapist, or what have you. But, you know, these are people and they matter. And, you know, I want to do something that matters. And, and so this is what I'm doing. And it's really a cool thing. I've got a lot of bands supporting me, a lot of people in different industries really uh, seeing the importance of talking about mental health and having a conversation about it. So that's cool. I love it, man. No, my, my dad was a psychologist, you know, my whole life growing up. And, and so I, I certainly always love to give that attention to it when other people talk about it, because it's something that doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think. I feel like it's always kind of swept underneath the rug nowadays. And it's like, no, people have problems. People have bad days. People need other people to talk to sometimes. It's great. You know, that's why it made perfect sense. I saw you guys last year on the self-help fest, but a day to remember, and that's kind of what they're doing too. And it's good to see that bands are focusing in on, on mental health because it's, it's largely ignored. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And our mental state is a part of us, whether you want to acknowledge that or not and just because you're not struggling doesn't mean that other people aren't i mean if we took a you know just a brief moment to look around at the world and what's going on no wonder people you know don't understand community or relationships anymore or everybody just says yeah i'm good man i'm good it's like are you do you even know why do you believe that are you good why don't you just take a you know self-reflect and look it's just a way for me to you know give back to the people who have you know, devoted, uh, you know, buying my record and coming out to my shows and supporting my, you know, my dreams. And, and uh, so, you know, yeah, I, I like it a lot. So just check it out, heartsupport.com. There's a support wall, which is basically like a forum page where people can make a profile and then just like share whatever they're struggling with. It doesn't have to be 
a big thing or a heavy thing could be anything. And people there will respond and reply and comment. And it's just a really beautiful place for people to vent and open up and for other people to encourage. So whether you're you know, dealing with something or you want to help somebody who is dealing with something particular, just go check out heartsupport.com. And- I love it. Love it. Jake, a few more for you. I won't keep you too much longer, but I uh, got one more, uh, one more music round for you. And okay. Then, and then I need your advice on another one. If that's 90s, right, then we'll take it up to like like late 90s because most of that flannel stuff was kind of earlier earlier 90s. So let's kick it to more like late 90s, early 2000s. And I'm going to call yeah. this one the uh, the new metal six pack. Oh, gosh. So, so <laughs> okay. this one's going to be – this one's going to consist of Rage Against the Machine, Corn, Linkin Park, Slipknot, Disturbed – System of a Down. Okay. Who's your numero uno? Love the guys in Corn, but that was more my sister than than me. What, what was the first one? The, oh, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, Rage Against the Machine was a great band at that time. When I was growing up, I I actually didn't have a whole lot of music, but my buddy who I used to skate with was a massive Rage Against the Machine fan. So he would get his little boombox, and we would go out into the street and we would try to skate. This was like when everybody was a skater, but nobody was a skater, uh-huh. you know? And we would skate to Rage Against the Machine. I remember him lying to me first time I listened to the band. He was like, yo, this is my band. And I was <laughs> like, no, it's not, dude. No, it's not your band. And then after he, like, finally admitted that, and I, we would just rock it anyway. And it was, uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, that band, I think for all the bands that you that you named, I mean, with Disturbed, and I kind of see Rage Against the Machine, you know, a little bit differently. I think that they're... Versus Disturbed would, in my opinion, are a little bit more emotional and a little more aggressive and kind of themselves. I think that they have like a little bit more of their own identity in those years, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And I think that they they actually really influenced probably a lot of the hardcore and uh, metalcore, you know, musicians. But yeah, I'd say Rage Against the Machine for sure. And Korn, I'm friends with Brian Head Welch. Love that guy. Played shows with them. And they've got a killer, a killer show, man. That band is like... They're just raw and nasty dudes on stage, so I, I, I love watching them. Yeah, I love Corn too. I mean, that first album was a, a mind bender when that came out. So yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think Metalcore would kind of come next, and that that's kind of like the next one I'm I'm looking at and trying to work on. And was going to get your thoughts on that one. Who would you put in like a Metalcore? I don't know. I, I, as far as like the top, yeah, like uh, double O's seven. <laughs> Here's my working list. So far, yeah. I got. Kill Switch Engage, Lamb of God, oh Shadows Fall, Unearth, God Forbid, Atreyu, Avenge Sevenfold. Wow. Boy. Dude, that's such a tough that's such a tough one. For me, I would say that the top for the number one for me would be Kill Switch Engage, End of Heartache. That album yeah. was when that album came out, it just exploded. That was the biggest sounding album I had ever heard up to that point. Matter of fact, I feel like I want to go listen to it now because I just remember I just remember how big that album sounded and how Howard's voice was just like <laughs> this angelic, freaking massive sound. Yeah, I, that's my number one by far. From the other bands, Lamb of God, I think I would come up at number two. What's that song? It's something to die for. Now you've got something it's to die for. Yes, <laughs> that song's so so good. And those guys are great. And so Kill Switch Engage. Like, they're just friendly. What's so funny is, like, people just think that metal bands are these 
aggressive, like, you know, animals, and they're just like, you know, they're the nicest people you'll ever meet. Like, oh, yeah. They're just genuinely, <laughs> they care about people. They're, you know, like, you know, I mean, some of them have egos, but everybody does, right? Everybody's got right. an ego to some degree. But, like, they're just genuine people. They just love you know, Adam from Kill Switch Engage is hilarious and just a big joke joker. Yep. A lot of those guys are just just good dudes that write really heavy, aggressive, and ish. It's awesome. So my 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 number one would be Kill Switch for sure. Okay. So you like that list? Is there anyone? Is anyone that needs to sub out? Am I missing somebody? No, no. I think that that's a pretty solid. That's a pretty solid list for me as a kid when I was learning about screaming and the style of this style of music and what got me into it. So this is the number one for Jake Lures. Yeah. And I will forever tip my hat to this guy, Josh Scoggin from Norma Jean, ah. uh, bless the martyr, kiss the child. Norma Jean. So that's where it goes back yeah. to for you. Yeah. Norma Jean, Josh Scoggin, when he was in the band, he was the original singer vocalist. That album changed my life and uh, his vocals, him and, um, the singer for Hope's Full, knowing to, the album Knowing to Speak of, those are the two records I would listen to nonstop in my, in my room that inspired me to be a vocalist and to scream. And so I would spend so much time trying to mimic Josh Scoggin's voice from Norma Jean. And I love, just absolutely love that record, Bless the Martyr. So check, if you haven't listened to it, I'm sure you have. But I'm, It's uh, been a while. But yeah, I think I do have that. Yeah. i got to go grab that out of the CD collection. Yeah, that's that's it, man. That's my number one is Josh Scoggin. Awesome. Well, Jake, I, I can't thank you enough for the time, man. I, it's been a blast talking to you, and I look forward to the shows coming up here. And uh, we got you July 19th at the House of Blues Anaheim, and then uh, a couple of days later at the Wiltern on the 21st. So looking forward to both those shows. Awesome. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at kcalfm.com. Adios,